Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Real quick news on the Broncos coaching search. Their Zoom interview uh, with Brian Callahan is over, and now they're probably going to get ready to have dinner with uh, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell in Los Angeles. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mesa, interesting headline, if that's what you want to call it, from our friend Woody Page. He just put out on Twitter, my next column coming soon. Maybe the anti-Quinn people will get their wish. He and other candidates may prefer other teams to coach and don't like the circumstances with the Broncos. No owner, no quarterback, no postseason. You buying that? You know what? Um, we talked a little about this yesterday uh, with Dan Quinn and the, um, and the and the New York Giants in particular. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I you may disagree with this when it comes to the Chicago Bears, but there are some who believe it's better the devil you know than the one you don't know. And if it's the Giants in particular, I wouldn't. You know, it hasn't gone well recently, but. The Mara family, the Tish family, have generally done all right by the team. And you look around and uh, look at the division, and Dan Quinn would, would know the co- the complexion of the NFC East because of uh, what he just did with the Cowboys. And he may look around and say, okay, uh, this team has won titles with the, Mara, with the Maras and Tishes running the show. Uh, this division ha- has a quarterback other than the Giants, Dak Prescott, Taylor Heineke, Jalen Hurts, as opposed to Mahomes, Herbert, Carr, and who, and whoever, and then whoever you'd have in Denver, and uh, we have resources to maybe trade for Russell Wilson with two first round picks. He could look at the Giants and say this is a better situation, more conducive for winning than Denver is. Well, as we talked about yesterday, no deal for Russell Wilson is going to be done before Dan Quinn gets hired by anyone. So that is not written on paper and signed. That's my first point. My second point is the Chicago Bears many years ago wanted Dan Quinn to be their head coach. You remember that, right? No, I don't. Well, they did. They wanted Dan Quinn to be the head coach. And you know who Dan Quinn wanted to be the GM? George Payton. That's who we wanted. But I don't think the Bears are the team that people should be concerned about, even though Dan Quinn's interviewing. Let me finish. Well, I know, but we're, I think, I, again, I get why you why the Bears are dysfunctional. You've gone into you that time me, and again. But I don't think that's a shiny object here. Mace, you're driving down a road that I'm not even going on. No, but you're talking about the Bears. I don't think the Bears are relevant here. Mace, can you let me finish? And then you can, do you know what your answer is going to be when I'm done? Eric, I was totally on the wrong road, and I shouldn't have cut you off because that's not where you were going, where I thought you were going. So you can repeat that back to me when I say what I'm about to say. How about no? (laughs) Dan Quinn, the Bears wanted Dan Quinn more than a few years ago. Dan Quinn wanted George Payton to be the GM. 
The Bears didn't want George Payton. They hired Ryan Pace, and Dan Quinn told him no. That's how much Dan Quinn wanted to work with George Payton. So what you just said to me has nothing to do with what I just said. But at the same not, time, but if we're talking about this, the overall situation, the Bears. To kind of, not, no, but the Pace. overall situation, I know that, yes, he does want to work with George Payton, but Correct. it is entirely possible the Giants may offer a better overall situation right now, especially if what Woody Page is noting about concerns about uh, what the Broncos' ownership is going to be. that He he may have a choice now that he did not have, that he did not think he would have 10 days ago. When those two have wanted to work together for as many years as they have, I find it very hard to believe, and I could be wrong, that if Quinn's offered the job, he turns it down. And by the way, aren't the Giants still looking for a GM? The Giants are looking for a GM, and that's why it's interesting. And the Bears are looking. Yeah. And the Bears are looking for a GM. Yeah, and there, there's another team looking for a GM. Oh, uh, the right? Vikings are, and he and he that's inter- right. and he inter- he both he, both Quinn and Kellen Moore interviewed with the Vikings. But the 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 thing is, like, if you, Dan, it's gone from a situation where when this process started. It looked like Dan Quinn would get multiple interviews, but that he was the favorite in Denver, and I think he still is the favorite in Denver. But what has happened in the last week and a half is he has gone from being somebody who was a candidate for others and maybe the favorite in Denver to someone who appears to be the hot candidate in this cycle. Yep. Right. And that means he may have options they didn't have before and as much as as he would want to work with his good buddy George Payton I can't help if I were him and really and assessing every aspect of the situations at hand I think I'd see a clearer path in New York to success than Denver I think what Woody wrote you can make the case All of that is true. Now, if he is suggesting that he has information to back that up, then it's nothing more than a column, not a report. And oh, by the way, I, I, um, I don't like to criticize other media members because I have been wrong on stories. All of us at some point have been wrong on stories, but what do what did Woody report? Last week, and what is a good guy? Consider him. I'm certainly friendly with him. He's not a good friend of mine. What did Woody put out about the Broncos' ownership say, uh, situation and John Elway last week? That Elway was in a was in a group. And what did Mark Kisla put out after Elway called Kisla? That Elway wants to be in a group. Should we just close the book then on this? We can, but I would say, but again. I think I, I think there is something to the notion. That, I think there's that, that the, something to it. It's an opinion yeah, piece. It is, yeah, but I think, but I think, I think we are at a point now where I believe is probably it is safe to say mm-hmm. that I think before all this, if the Broncos wanted Dan Quinn, I think it was pretty much a slam dunk. I don't think it's a slam dunk today. I do. I think the relationship is strong enough where they want to work together. And if Dan Quinn gets the offer, he's going to take it. 
Um, I think the Broncos are going to be the first out of the gate to make a job offer because other teams are waiting for a GM. Of course, the Chicago Bears are dumb enough to hire a head coach before they hire a GM. That's the way they work, which is absolutely flat out stupid, unless you're going to make your head coach essentially the GM. That's something the Chicago Bears would do. But I I have very little doubt that when they are flying home from Kansas City tomorrow after interviewing Eric Bieniemy, they will know essentially who they want to hire unless they're going to interview two more guys. They to get Dan Quinn, they may need to rethink the notion of having a second round of interviews. If they and and that's that is where the George Payton Quinn relationship comes in. What could Quinn show in a second interview that? Is beyond nothing. What we already know about nothing. Him. So if they if, he, right, if they if they know he's the person they want, their best move might be to jump in first, lest someone else step in. Even if they don't have a GM, and say, "We're gonna get our coach now. We're gonna worry about the GM later." I saw a report. I think it might have come from Cliss that he said that. The Broncos might do a second round of interviews and also might bring somebody else in Mm -hmm. after 10 interviews, which is interesting because you don't do that unless you're not satisfied with the exact with the 10. Right. I mean, suddenly someone just didn't pop up. It's not like the first week of school and there's a new girl who transferred to your school and you might want to ask her out. We know who all the candidates are. Right. Right. It's not like they're suddenly going to say if they interview after 10 people, if they interview an 11th, then they're not sure about the 10. Right. If you have if you've gone through 10 and you're not sure of one uh, that one is is the is the person, then I mean, and really, you might as well just start the process over again. Right. Unless unless you are. And this is what happens sometimes. I think this happens with quarterback with draft quarterbacks a lot. You almost subconsciously find reasons not to bring in somebody rather than right. to bring in somebody. You're looking for thing. You're looking for the negatives rather than the positives, right. and you're focused on okay, why won't this work compared to, to why this can? And, and that, and again, that may be, and so that may be something that goes into the thought process. Coming up after the break, we're going to continue this conversation about Dan Quinn for this reason. It seems like once again like Locke and Bridgewater, Broncos country is split on should the Broncos hire Dan Quinn. If they do, are we going to have another two, three years of Broncos fans essentially rooting against the team because they want to be right? They wanted Hackett. So I want Quinn to fail because I'd rather be right than my team win. We'll talk about it next. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale, not retail, wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and in Parker. You are not working with some big dealership that's selling volume and just treats you like a number when you walk in the door. Rocky Mountain Eurosport intimate buying experience because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Whether you are buying a luxury car, a domestic car, foreign car, pre-owned, new, whatever it is. They've got the inventory unlike the big boys. They're going to get you the right car at the right price. They also service all makes and models. They have great finance options. Go for a test drive today or find them at rmeurosport.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. May sure on Twitter as much as I am, and the feeling that I get is the pot that is Dan Quinn is simmering on the stove. And if Quinn gets hired, it's going to turn into a raging boil on Twitter, because the feeling that I get Broncos country is split all over again. Feel right to you? A hundred percent. And the, I yeah. mean, if, and the thing is, there's an interesting psychology of this, I think. And I want to know what you, you think of this. Because you do? I always, oh. know, I always want to know what you think. That's why I do the show. <laughs> um, but a lot think of like the the Drew Locke Teddy Bridgewater debate, right? Uh-huh. It's very much with Bridgewater you you know look, you know what you're getting and you know and and look, it was objectively better at the position than Drew Locke had done and better than the Broncos had quarterback over the last 5 years. There's there's myriad numbers, data points, everything everything to back that up, even a 7 and 5 record if you want to go QB wins. Uh, when Bridgewater started and finished, all right. But you, but those who favored Locke, it was all about. Well, he could be this. Dan Quinn has a resume as a head as a head coach. There is a, a more of a known commodity uh, element to him. But those who want somebody else are like, well, they're, they're all. And it's always thinking of the positive. Well, you hire one of these other coaches, and they could be brilliant. And in both cases. There's not a lot of thought of well, what if this coach or QB who doesn't who has a a more a, more of a blank slate resume is actually on the actually is at the floor and the team is a lot worse. Okay, let's look at George Payton and how the narrative by many is being written about him, whether it's right or whether it is wrong. Okay, and the narrative that is being written on George Payton is. He's not willing to take a risk, and he's a conservative guy. Let's give three concrete examples in less than one year. Number one, brought in Teddy Bridgewater, safer than Drew Locke. Drafted Pat Sertan, safer than Justin Fields. Literally referred to it as a safe pick. Right. Use that word. Now... The coaching search, Dan Quinn is a safer pick than, say, a young offensive coordinator. 
So let's look at the resume from the people who would like Quinn and from the people who don't want Quinn. The people that do will say, hey, let his team do a Super Bowl. He was the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks 2013 that beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl, helped improve the Cowboys defense. Those are the people who want him. The detractors will say, Quinn, safe hire. Let his team do a Super Bowl, but the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead on his watch. Also, the detractors will say, really wasn't even his team. That was Kyle Shanahan's team because of what the offense was able to do. And the detractors will also say the Broncos need to hire an offensive mind to keep up with the rest of the league. Those are the arguments. You can make an argument on both sides. And I understand the argument. I can poke holes in all of that stuff. Pro or con. But the thing for George Payton is if he does hire Dan Quinn over a Nathaniel Hackett or a Callahan or an O'Connell, safe pick, safe George. That's what he'll be known as, safe George. Not curious George, wanting to take a risk, safe George. Yeah, very much the philosophy that you start by, you start trying to get to a ceiling by raising the floor. Yep. there's There's logic to that. But I would also argue this, and you know, and I, look, I'm somebody who thinks Dan Quinn can be a very can be a very good coach from this team for this team, in part because he fits the profile, uh, kind of like a uh, Gary Kubiak, for example, who was a better coach here than he was in Houston. I think he's somebody who will have learned from what happened in Atlanta. I think Dan Quinn is also very good at identifying coaching talent, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. He, he terrific job of identifying people to 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 coach in, in that area. But that being said, let's go back to something to a topic we had earlier because we talked about the notion of Jim Harbaugh going to the Raiders and taking Vic Fangio. And with that team uh, as constructed, with a, with a very good quarterback, some weapons, they got, of course, especially when they got Darren Waller back late in the season, and uh, already being a playoff team despite all the dysfunction they had this past year, you can expect that you would expect the Raiders to be a playoff team with Harbaugh, Fangio, and the rest of, and most of the rest of that team returning. And then you have the Chargers with Herbert, and then you have the Chiefs with Mahomes. I don't think safe is going to do you anything but get you a wild card bid every now and then. Maybe you steal the division title if you get if things really break right once in the next several years. If you really want to compete with those other teams, then I think you're going to have to be bold, bold at what you do at quarterback, maybe bold in what you do at head coach. Okay. Well, if you think he should be bold at head coach, should you hire Quinn? I think you hire Quinn if his, if his quarterback plan is bold. If Dan, if Dan Quinn's plan is, I can help you get Russell Wilson. Here's how let's do it. Then, well, no, you, but, well, yeah. you, you, you can't go down that road because you're counting on another team right. to want to trade him. Okay, well then, what's his what's his plan B? Is his is his plan B to identify the best offensive and quarterback mind guru that he can find, and then div- then find a way, whether it's this year's draft or next year's draft, to identify a quarterback that they will get at, go at all costs to get who can become a star. Because I think we can all agree, as important as the head coach hire is, I'd say the quarterback is more important. 
in terms of determining the fortunes of this team. And the no quarterback question. is more important in terms of finding a way really to kind of to bridge the gap. I mean, Vic Fangio was spot on when he said the gap between the other three teams in this division comes down to those other three teams have really good quarterbacks. You know what's funny? Vic Fangio said that. Yeah. Two of the teams have really good quarterbacks. Yes. The other team has a, a pretty good quarterback. And then the Broncos are the Broncos. Right. So he's joining the team with the pretty good quarterback. Mm -hmm. So he's just stepping right back into it again. With that, I, as you know, I've talked to over half a dozen people about Quinn. Mm -hmm. And last night I put this out on Twitter. The pros and the cons. Quinn is well-liked. He's considered a team builder, mm -hmm. a motivator, very good defensive mind, but specifically if he gets the pass rushing help that he wants for his scheme, he is energetic. He's a very good collaborator. The cons, some people say he's too nice. Might need a disciplinarian on his staff to crack the whip. And as you and I have talked about, you could easily make the case he is a suspect in-game manager. Mm -hmm. As one person who was around that team throughout the Quinn era said to me, 28-3, to three, yeah, that's what everybody remembers, but that was really a microcosm of mismanagement throughout that entire season, even though they went to the Super Bowl. But as far as the two nice piece goes, I talked to one of Quinn's former players today who played with Quinn for one season in Atlanta. And he told me, Quinn is a really, really nice guy, but he's not a pushover. And he said, I really don't see that the way a lot of other people see it, mm -hmm. that he's just too nice and he could be pushed around. I, I want to know what you think of this story that I was told. And then I was talking to somebody else who's familiar with Quinn. And when I told him this story, he said to me, that's a true story because I know that to be true. As a matter of fact, two other people confirmed it. So this is a three-sourced story. I don't know what game it was. I think it was a regular season game. The Falcons lost. Quinn stood up in front of the team. For as much as we criticize Vic Fangio for not taking accountability, Quinn's the complete opposite. Totally accountable. Stood up in front of the team following a loss and said, guys, this is on me because I didn't get you prepared enough. Mm -hmm. And Julio Jones leaped out of his chair and said in a very strong voice, stop blaming yourself. This was on us. We are the players and we should have been better. How do you read that? I read, you know how I read that? I read that as somebody who created a culture of accountability where He's standing up and take and and taking the hit, and the players are saying, "No, no, no, we did that." What that tells me is that everybody in that room, when they lose, is saying, "What could I have done better?" Coaches and players. It's it's in other words, no one's pointing the finger at other people. Everyone's saying, "What could I do myself?" And that is a much more positive culture than turning around and saying, "Oh, you should have done this. You should have done that." When you get a lot, when you get a team full of people that are saying, "I know I could have done more. I and I can control that, and I will do better." That I think is how you build something positive.
That's how I read that. With all due respect to guys like Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons and Javante Williams, I think it is fair to say the top three stars in this town, and there's nobody on the Rockies, the top three stars in town in no particular order are Jokic, McKinnon, and McCarr. I think the question is, can they join the all-time Denver greats like Elway, Manning, Terrell Davis, Sackick, and Wah if they don't ever win a title? We'll talk about that next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, hey, come join Andrew and me on Friday, February 25th at Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood as we're going to raise a lot of money for charity. We're going to be guest bartenders from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock to help out our fellow host, David Hurlbutt, and his wife, Beat breast cancer. Greenfields is donating 25% of their sales to help David and his beautiful wife, Monette. Also part of the night, there is no cover. To see one of the best cover bands in Denver, the band is called Final Eyes. So mark it down. Mace and I slinging drinks Friday, <laughs> February 25th at Greenfields to beat breast cancer. Are you good at uh, making drinks, Mace? Uh, I can be. I mean, I'll okay. be leaning on the recipes a little bit, but I can make some, yes. Okay. Just check. I mean, I'm sure you can make a Moscow mule, right? Yes, I can make a Moscow. And I mean, there are things, look, I can make a rum and Coke. I mean, or a Jack and Coke. Who can't do that? Right. If someone asks me to make a Manhattan, it's going to be a little tricky. Yeah. I'm pretty good with like, you know, snapping off the top and serving a beer. I can make like uh, a drink that has two ingredients, mm-hmm. Jack and Coke, Makers and Coke, gin and tonic, vodka tonic. I'm pretty good at but if it gets too complicated, I might need a little bit of help, too. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. Mace, I think it's fair to say Jokic, McKinnon, McCarr, they're the three stars in Denver right now. Um, can they join... The all-time Denver greats like Elway, Manning, Terrell Davis, Sackick, Wah, to name a few. But those are the big names. Can they join that group if they don't win a title? Mm. The only way they could join the group without a title is being so overwhelming on an individual basis. Like, I mean, for example, uh, if Jokic wins back-to-back MVPs. I agree. Then I believe he's in the pantheon. He he ends up in the pantheon regardless of whether he he gets a Larry O'Brien trophy or not. 
Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you on that. Basketball, I think, is much harder to win a title. Because, yes, you can have one great player out there, but let's be honest, you really need to. Yeah. And I, 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 Drew Holiday and Middleton are very, very good players. They are all-star caliber players. But Giannis is number one by far. Giannis has help, right? And then you look at other super teams going back where you have at least two great players. Right now, Jokic doesn't have that, in my opinion, right now with Murray just yet. And I'm not even talking about the injury. I'm not so sure that Murray is at the level of a Middleton or a Drew Holiday. I don't think he's at the level of what Pau Gasol was to Kobe Bryant. And quite frankly, there was a huge gap between Kobe, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. and Pau. So Jokic is going to need a lot of help. Sackick, you ride a hot goalie, right? In, in football, you, you have a great quarterback and you hope you have other pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Now, here's something. Very rarely are you going to have a, I know there are a lot of Denver sports fans out there, but when it comes to the abs and the nuggets, very rarely are you going to find a guy or a gal who equally loves the Avs and the Nuggets at the same time? Is that fair to say? Yeah, they, it's it seems like uh, not there's there there's not a lot of crossover between the fan bases. But let's just say you found a fan, yeah, who did crossover, right? Right. Love the Nuggets and the Avs equally. Mm-hmm. Jokic, Makar, McKinnon, which player would be? the hardest to lose if you loved both teams equally. Jokic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know what? You almost have to put as great as McKinnon is and Makar is getting there. Jokic is the best player in Denver right now. And I don't think it's much. And I don't want to say it's not much of an argument because hockey fan is going to get all upset with me saying McKinnon's a top three player in this league. And you can make a strong case that he is. And Makar is a top five player in this league. And being a defenseman, that's hard to do. And Jokic has only won one MVP. And you look at, you know, LeBron still and Curry and Giannis. Some will argue Embiid. I think that I think that Jokic is the best player in town, and I don't even know if it's relatively close. Yeah, and I, and I think and yeah, you can you spoke of all those others in the NBA, but between what between the MVP trophy last year, yeah, between so you've got the you've got the tangible award that kind of resonates with the casual observer, and then you have the 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 data points which we get into PER and again. It's not just that he's great; it's that he's all-time great. It would be like if we were having the same discussion over a player in baseball who was not just an MVP, but his wins above replacement were putting him in like Babe Ruth territory, right? Right. And that, and and there's a and there's a difference there. I mean, it, it's there's you know there's excellent there's there's really good there's great, and then there's transcendent. Now, it's not to say that McKinnon or McCarr, and especially McCarr, can't reach transcendent status. I think McCarr could be transcendent as as someone that maybe we're saying is the best is the best offensive defenseman maybe since Bobby Orr. I think we could get to that point, but we're not there right now. But we are at a point with Nikola Jokic where we can legitimately start saying 
he is among the he could he he's headed towards the all-time greats. I mean, you've tossed out the comparison, Larry Bird, not necessarily in performance, but in skill set. But performance is getting into Bird territory here, and he's yeah. an all-timer. You know what? I, I'm looking this up right now, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think a Denver athlete playing here in Denver. I'm excluding Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think a Denver athlete has ever won an MVP award twice. Terrell Davis won it once. Yosaki won it once. Right, once. Uh-huh. Once. Yep. Jokic, I think, would be the first one to ever win an MVP award twice. Uh-huh. That would be something, and I mean, that puts him and, and to what you said at the top. You know, do they have to win a title? To be the only player in Denver sports history to win an MVP award twice mm-hmm. and to do it in back-to-back seasons, I think you have to put him up there with those guys, whether he wins a title or not. And I think you kind of just look at it like other examples as well around sports. I mean, the Miami Dolphins have two Super Bowl wins, right? Yep. Who's the greatest player in Dolphin history? Marino. Exactly. And he doesn't have a ring. Right. But no one questions that. It's right. not, it, you know, the ring is the ring matters, no doubt, but you can reach a level of excellence where even without that, you're still the best in your team's history. And I think right. that, and, and, and maybe even the best, and it's possible the best in the in, in entire town's history. And knock on wood, because it requires Jokish staying healthy and continuing to do what he's doing, but he is headed on that path right now to being the best athlete in the history of Denver sports. Tell me, did Barry Bonds ever win a World Series? Uh, he did He did not because the, he, made the, he made the World Series with the Giants. Right. He lost three NLCS uh, series with the Pirates. He right. Never, he never won a World Series. Well, think yeah. about this for a second. Mm-hmm. When you talk about greatest player to never win mm-hmm. a title, Barry Bonds leads the list seven mvp awards seven Uh of them and never won a title danny what do we have coming up on just in case you missed it the colorado avalanche playing again on national tv tonight out in california and also what do the tennessee titans maybe have in common with the uh, 2016 playoff run that the broncos were on that's coming up next right here on afternoon drive with goodman and mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. 
is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, Colorado Avalanche at Los Angeles Kings tonight, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN. The Avalanche with back-to-back national TV games. Last night, not a ton of fireworks, but they did get a shutout and a 2-0 win versus the Anaheim Ducks. And there are reports that Darcy Kemper will be in net tonight. Colorado is first in the Central Division. They're on a four-game winning streak. And the Avs still the cup favorite in FanDuel Sportsbook. Should Bednar go with Francois tonight after winning in his last two outings in the shutout last night? Well, I think you'd like to see if uh, Kemper's back up to speed. Certainly, he's pa- he passed through. Appears to be none, none the worse for the wear. Knock on wood because of the hit that he took on Monday. And also the fact that you're going back-to-back nights after playing Anaheim uh, last night. Not travel involved between, the, between those two games because they're both in SoCal. But... Back-to-back nights, I think this is an opportunity to go with Kemper and kind of see see uh, where he is against a, a good L.A. team that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that itself is coming off of a tough game a couple of nights earlier uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They lost by a couple of goals, but they had it tied in the third period. On a side note, and I, I think I read this correctly, for all of the Avs history, winning a couple of Stanley Cup titles, uh-huh. for having Hall of Fame players, Mm-hmm. Last night was the first time in franchise history that they pitched back-to-back shutouts on the road. Think about that for a second. Patrick Waugh in goal, Sackick, Forsberg, Rob Blake. Has never happened in franchise history. This team, back-to-back shutouts on the road. That's, That's something. That is absolutely something. Thank you for sharing that, Eric. I had not well, you seen know that. What? I, I, you know what, Danny? It, it's all about sharing, really. I, I want. I, I like to share information like that, and I appreciate you receiving it so well. Sharing is caring. Just like the Avalanche <laughs> are uh, sharing the goaltending duties. There Just you in case hey. you missed it, the uh, Tennessee Titans are taking measures to keep Bengals fans out of Nissan Stadium on Saturday by not transferring tickets to the purchaser until 24 hours before the game, potentially making it harder for opposing fans to plan their weekend if they are buying tickets on the secondary market. Uh, The Broncos limited ticket sales in 2016 for the AFC Championship against New England by only allowing certain zip codes to purchase those tickets. Is this a smart move by Tennessee to manipulate the ticket market? I mean, it's you know, it's it's an interesting move. Now, the inter- now the other thing is this: the game is supposed to start at three thirty Central Time, and you said they're allowing for transfers of tickets on the day of the game, right? Or within twenty four hours? Yeah, the tickets will okay. not be transferred until tomorrow afternoon, twenty four hours ahead of game time. Okay, this I think would be much more effective if Cincinnati were a lot farther away. Right. But it's only a four-hour drive from Cincinnati to Nashville, and that's from Cincinnati. A lot of the bang- the Bengals fan base is in Kentucky and is as close as two to three hours away away from Nashville. I think it's an interesting move, and hey, you got to try something, but I don't think that's going to keep a good chunk of Bengal fans from finding their way in. Um, it, it, you know, I, you do this to me all the time, Mace, so... 
I'd be remiss if I didn't have a chance to jump in. And Danny, uh, you, you'll you know you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, actually, Mace, if you're driving from downtown Cincinnati to Nashville, hmm. it's actually four hours and seven minutes. I know. I'm looking at it right now. That's something that you would say to me. You you would you would immediately jump in. And I'd say four hours, and you would correct me and say four hours and seven minutes. So whenever I get the opportunity, Mace, I'm going to get you on those seven minutes like I just did. Of course, that depends how fast you're going. (laughs) Please do me a favor. Please, uh, let's make this a factual show and not (laughs) let's just don't make stuff up. Oh, gosh. Just in case you missed it, robot umpires with automated strike zone will be used in AAA baseball this season, and the MLB Umpires Association agreed in their 2020 labor contract that they will cooperate and assist if Rob Manfred decides to bring the system to the major league level should the MLB have robot umpires at home plate. This is, you know what? You're gonna have it's it's you're gonna have this effect uh, impact the game. I know uh, we've talked with Jason Hirsch about yep. this, mm-hmm. and uh, I know he's not a fan of this, right? But the fact that it it's now gone to AAA because it was in the Atlantic League and in the Independent League last year, that shows you that the returns, at least from the Atlantic League, were positive. If they'd been negative, I don't think they would have pushed this up to AAA because now when, by having it at AAA. You actually are going to have a decent chunk of Major League players, whether they're kind of on the shuttle back and forth, they're quad A guys, or they're guys on rehab assignments. You're gonna have you're gonna have Major League players exposed to this, and I think this is kind of an interesting test to see how they'll handle it. I'd like to tell you what I think, but Mace, we're out of time. I mean, you, you took like five minutes to answer that question. Thanks. I think I took like 20 seconds. I don't think so. That was not 20 seconds. You know, maybe if you would let me talk every once in a while, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for us. Nolan, great job pushing all the right buttons on MileHighSports.com. Danny, of course, you were terrific as usual. And Mace, you know I'm kidding. You are fantastic. All right, make it the best possible light you can. Here's a story about Billy Joe and Bobby Sue. Two young lovers with